close. Get, get, get close. I can project. <laughs> I can watch you for a lifetime. You're my favorite movie. It's if you you're my favorite thing, movie. I don't know that. If you want to move like We're not slowly, singing. you can try that. I could watch you for a lifetime. You're my favorite movie. You're also projecting. You're my favorite movie. That's interesting. You're my favorite movie. This is our second time recording this because last time um, my darling mother didn't project her voice loud enough. It was you. You never heard it, but it was you. I sounded fabulous and now we're we're here and we're we have the same microphone but we're just gonna we're gonna talk really closely to it which is we only have one microphone um which I think is kind of it honestly I'm fine with this but I think you might have a bit of a problem with it because I just ate that onion salad <laughs> probably gonna be smelly okay so there's my fabulous okay so. My mom makes fun of me because I have a TikTok and I love my TikTok. I think I'm the funniest person alive and that's no one else does. I have this thing. I want to go live really bad. How many but followers do you have? 21. I have 21 followers mm-hmm. and I really, really so badly want to go on TikTok live. I would like for you just read out loud how many followers I have. My mom has 27 followers. I have more likes than you. Way more. Like, 200 more likes than you. So, that says something. I also... Let's just do the ratio, shall we? I only have eight Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot more than that. Anyway, but, uh, yeah. So, follow me on TikTok. It's Sydney underscore Bean 304. Like, kidney bean, but Sydney Bean. It You... At least one of the videos is funny. I mean, there's no way that, that you know, they're all... They all suck. But, besides the point... And all my videos on TikTok, I say, okay, so, okay, so, okay, so, okay, so, okay, so. So, I'm trying not to do that, but. Okay. Okay, so. Anyway. So. (laughs) Today, I'm talking with my mom, which I know. Sounds lame. Sounds lame. It sounds lame, and it sounds like a bit of a cop-out, like, People are probably thinking, Sydney, your mom's like not a legitimate guest. Like, what? Like what? Like that? No one cares what what your mom has to say. And for that, you would be wrong because the irony in this whole situation is that I started this podcast basically on the premise of not having a brand and kind of like freeing yourself from the social restriction of, you know, whatever, like, I don't know, you know, like trying to be something that you're not on social media and like kind of putting yourself in a box when it's not necessary, whatever. And my mother is like extremely well-versed in marketing and has her PhD, like literally in brand development. And she currently um, is the marketing director for a multi-million dollar company. So it's it's a little bit strange, um, but I feel like she has valid insight 
that could fuel this conversation. Um, so yeah, I mean, do you have anything to say? I mean, I don't, I feel like I gave you a pretty good introduction. So I mean, do you have anything that you'd like to just add? To Are you watching Love is Blind season two? When did it come out? I don't know, real, like recently. No, but I, this is not really. I just was curious. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess we're going off brand, so we like, are. Why, why not change the whole conversation? There's a guy on there. His name is Shake. Uh-huh. He's a dick. He's a dick? Yeah. Why? You'll have to watch it. Did you watch it? I did. I binge watched it all last night. The whole thing? Well, till where we can... They, you know, they're releasing it weekly, so okay. I, I got up as far as I could go. He is, like, super um, shallow, and he um, wants to know how, how much girls weigh, but obviously Ooh, you can't ask that. So he, he essentially asks them... Like, if we were at a mu- music festival, could I put you on my shoulders? That's disgusting. He's gross. I don't like him. That's that's why I ask you, because I thought you had watched it. I would definitely have words to say about that if I did hear about that. I, that are, you watching, really are you watching Pam and Tommy on Hulu? No, but... There's I a talking wiener. Jesus Christ, why are you doing I actually had, like, important questions that I, like, wanted to talk to you about. I've had a rough night. I can tell. Like, you've had a long... She's... Basically, okay, I want to preface this with anyone who is intending on going to go into a career in marketing. Be prepared that even if you are the most qualified person in the room, no one will ever think you are. Because the fact of the matter is, is, like, you are going to be working for someone else and you're going to be representing somebody else, unless you're, like, running an agency, which is, like... But even still, as an agency, like, you're an outsource of someone... You're an extension of someone else. And so they always think that they know better than you, regardless of whether or not you're the expert. So, I mean... I just feel like a lot of your frustration in your job, like, comes from a lack of trust from everyone. everybody. Like, yeah. everyone thinks they know better. Everyone has an opinion. They want to throw it well, out. Well, and that is, that is traditionally because uh, since everybody, literally everyone, is a consumer of media and is a consumer of branding and is a consumer of advertising and whatnot that makes them have an opinion on it, which then therefore makes them a self-proclaimed expert on it. So, you know, that's why people don't necessarily, I mean, some do, but most people don't question their doctor on how they're going to take out their kidney stone, right? Because they're not experts and they don't see kidney stones. They don't know about kidney stones. They, they don't know anything, but because you watch commercials, you watch television, you consume social media, you know, for God's sakes, we just had the the uh, Super Bowl where people literally tune in to watch the commercials and then they debate it. But, you know, the people who really should be talking about it are the people who actually make commercials for a living. And I'll tell you that I thought the Super Bowl commercials were some of the worst that I've seen in a long time. Except for the one with the QR code. That was pretty smart. I have, you said so much just in that, like, little bit. And I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of feelings. Um, so I don't know, like, I guess I'll just start with, like, my most important one, and then we can kind of just, like, piggyback. I have literally, I have a pocket knife in my hand, and I'm, pause. Okay, we're just gonna put the, put a pin in that for just a second. 
I have a pocket knife in my hand and I like mess with my hands like I you know just doing things and I'm opening the knife and then I'm putting it back and I'm going to cut myself so she just tried to take it out of my hand so I'm gonna put it down but the other day so when I'm at work sometimes I want to die <laughs> and so I they're like <laughs> this is horrible I will I don't actually want to die, but, like, I, I have a let. there's a letter opener at work, and I, like, mess with it, like, the same way, like, I just twirl it, and it's not sharp enough to, like, cut me, but then one day I was, like, and I'll, like, put it in my chest, like, I'm stabbing myself with a letter opener, I, but it's not sharp, like, and then one day I was back in the back, and there was an X-Acto knife, and I freaking stabbed myself with the X-Acto knife because I was doing the same, like, I was just messing with it, like, I messed with the letter opener. So this is, as an aside, like, I am, in fact, capable of accidentally, accidentally stabbing myself. Um, okay. So give that to me. Okay, take it back. I need, can I play with the... Here, play with my... With award. her award. Okay. <laughs> it's too heavy. Um, so you said something that was really interesting that I, I kind of, I don't know if I disagree or if it's just more of I have an advanced, I have a, a more, not a more advanced, but just like an extension of your opinion. So you were saying like how like you don't, people don't question their doctor or whatever. No, 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 no. Don't, you don't know where I'm going with this. Just hush. But people are like really willing to question decisions that like people in the media make and like they always have an opinion. I actually like kind of feel like we should question more. Like, I, you like you don't know what you don't know, right? So when people like just kind of say things in the media, like whether on talking social, about questioning, talking about having an opinion, big difference. Okay. Well, I think everyone. I would like to make it clear. Anything that I say on this podcast, I would hope that it would be backed up. Like I would hope. Like, if I ever, like, say something that is, like, related to science or give, like, some, like, wacky statistic or something like that, like, if whoever's listening to this doesn't go and, like, check it or, like, if I don't offer something further to, like, expand your knowledge on that, like, I kind of feel like you're doing a crappy job as, like, whatever this is. Like, as a as a person who is, like, talking about media consumption, like, I kind of feel like if I'm not offering up the same media that I'm consuming and, like, kind of what gave me my opinion, like, that kind of, like, defeats the purpose. But that's, like, also something that, like, you can admit, though, that media is designed, like, to sometimes be deceiving. Like, it's not always honest. Doesn't that make you feel, like, slimy? Like, gross? I'm, I, I'm not in the news. I'm okay, but, but you did. Okay, okay, okay. But not to, like, call you out, but you were in pharmaceuticals. Okay. <laughs> Which are not, you know. Apples and bowling balls. Do you not, do you, you don't find that slimy? Oh, totally slimy. Yes, I am, I am uh, 100% ashamed of <laughs> I wasn't trying to get you to admit ten, like shame the or anything 10 like years that. that I spent um in pharmaceuticals although I was very honest. she sold Viagra like it's not like she was selling like anything that was like freaking I dope sold, sick kinda. I sold my main product was Lipitor you did sell Viagra don't. I did sell Viagra but that was my fourth product in my bag 
Well, okay. I was the number one Lipitor salesman in the country, and therefore the world, because the United States has the most heart disease. Yes. That's not something to be proud of. Well, you should be proud of your sales, but not the fact that. But anyway, my point was I was. I tried to uh, conduct myself in a very honorable way, and one of the best compliments I ever got from a doctor was that they asked me if I was a pharmacist because I knew Enough. the mechanism of action, and I knew so much about my product that I could speak to them very intelligently about, you know, all kinds of things. Um, but after watching Dope Sick and the whole... Um, background in the opioid epidemic, I have to believe that that's not singular to one company. And therefore, I feel very much like I was a pawn. Yeah. I for real have a lot of opinions about Dope Sick that I could probably, I mean, I could probably make a whole episode on like addiction and like extortion of, of people who are, you know what I mean? Like just, it's horrible. And also, like, I just feel like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I freaking studied, this is such, like, an aside from what we were supposed to be talking about. But I, like, literally studied neuroscience, and I didn't know, I mean, I knew about opioids, and I knew about, like, the mechanism of action of opioids, and I, of course, like, never, after after majoring in neuroscience, like, I've never, ever thought that, like, addiction was a choice. Like, I understand how addiction changes somebody, but I didn't know that, like, like, when, it, when people talk about overprescription, like, I didn't realize it was like that. Like, I was, it was kind of before my awareness. Like, it wasn't before my time, but it was almost before my time. You know, it was before I would have been aware. So, I mean, I could have I, – I, I just feel like a lot of people in my age group don't really understand how – like, your perception of how you view someone who is suffering from addiction could be totally different, like, after watching that and understanding – that, like, these people were taken advantage of. It wasn't like they, you know, took took an opioid one time for fun to get high. Like, it, it was 100%, like, it was being pushed on them, and they were, you know, whatever. I, like I said, I could go on and on and on, um, on and on and on about that. And there are still people who, like, believe that dope sick is, like, inaccurate, which is, like, a bit, a bit mind-boggling to me, but I guess that's true. the point is, like, you kind of never know, like, what... Why are you texting right now? I'm not. I'm on Etsy. Why? Because I... You're supposed to be, like, engaged. Part of my charm is that I am a multitasker. I know, but... Okay. Whatever. Disappointed. Um... I was looking for gnomes. Oh, my God. (laughs) The first episode that we recorded was so put together. Like, it was actually... Like, the content was really... honest and real. It is. And but, candid and completely unscripted. So you that's know true. that it's... However, but people might like just be like, oh my God, like, can you get to the point? Um, but whatever. We don't care about what people think. That's the whole point of the podcast, right? Look, it's it's a book you probably... Okay, stop. Are, no, you're, you're I don't want to see it. That for... No, stop. Okay, stop. <laughs> it was a book that... Sh- uh, stop. You, you can't... They're not included in the pictures that you're showing me from Etsy. Okay. Oh my God. Okay, well, basically, like, the point of why I wanted you on the podcast was for two reasons. One, because you've said to me that you're however old you are, 
that you still don't know what you want to be when you grow up. And I know that that's not like for real because you obviously have a job and a career that you've established. But I think it can speak to like a larger, like you never really feel satisfied or like you could always see your life like going on a different path. And so I have a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts. And I, I mean, I kind of can anticipate what you're going to say and it's difficult for me to hear it. So my whole thing, my whole hang up with making decisions is not that I'm indecisive because I feel it actually makes me angry. I feel like when, when people see you as indecisive, they make, they get it confused with like apathy. Like they think that you just don't care. And that's not true for me at all. Like if anything, I think I care like a little bit too much. Like I overthink it a little bit too much. And that causes me to be indecisive. And the reason be for that is, is the fact that like, I'm 22. I just turned 22. So I can't possibly like anticipate what 50 year old me would want. Like I can't know that. So I don't, the part two to this is that I'm making decisions like based on the opportunities that are presented with to me right now. And everyone always tells you like while you're growing up, while you're going through college, whenever, they're always like, you know, never let an opportunity pass you by. Like always, you know, take an oppor- take a chance if you get it. Take an opportunity if you get it. And they don't tell you that one, often you have to make your own opportunity if, you know, if you want to have success. And two, Sometimes you're lucky enough to have multiple opportunities at the same time and you can't take them all. Like how do you, you know, like I know when I when I graduated, I had two very, very different jobs. I had a job at an office and I had a job teaching and at a high school. And while like either one of those things like I could probably do after like if I wanted to do the teaching job and then I could have gone back and done the office job if I wanted to, like, sure, like I could have done it. But no doubt, like the job that I chose has undoubtedly like influenced my path moving forward. And like, how do you know, like down the line, like if you're going to regret decisions? And then also like the fact of the matter is you can't take them all, like you can't do everything. So like, basically like do you have regrets like do you and like basically I feel like you have to like you can't if you don't have regrets then I think you're lying to me and 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 if you do have regrets like can you just be like straight up and just say like yeah I regret xyz and it's okay like no one says everyone's like makes it like oh take all the chances and you'll be happy as hell like that's not how it is like can you just can you just be honest as like an adult human who's like lived some life like can you just be honest for my younger listeners here that like it's not all rainbows and unicorns. You're not going to like my answer. Of course I'm not. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Is that what you're going to tell me? I'm telling it doesn't you matter. that the, <laughs> the path is the point. You know, oh my god. That's Are we listening to the freaking climb by Miley Cyrus right now? Like are you kidding me? The path the process is the point. Jesus. Trust the process. I no, I mean, I get like, it. I get it a no, little bit. No. 
You don't. Because you're 22 years old. You don't know. No, you don't. You don't know what you don't know. And the thing is, is that you just said it. I mean, you just said it on some small degree. The choices you make just change your, you know, your trajectory a little bit. But you will learn and grow and self-correct and modify based on the choices that you make. Sometimes people make really bad decisions and then they're stuck with it. And they have crap tons of regrets. There are also people who make bad decisions. Like for example, I went into pharmaceutical sales. Not the greatest decision. Made a crap pile of money. Not the greatest decision. Knew I didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. Took a $100,000 pay cut when I left the industry. Damn. Yeah. That's a lot. It is a lot. Um, but when you know you don't want to, you know, be married to something like that for the rest of your life, you make the choices uh, to, okay. to do that. So, okay. That kind of, like, brings up another thing. Sammy is literally gnawing on a hoof in the background so if you hear some chomping down like nom noms no if you hear some nom noms sammy is going at it on that hoof um hopefully it doesn't pick up because clearly this microphone didn't pick up your voice last time so like okay you just said that you took a hundred thousand dollar pay cut from going from one industry to the next because it didn't feel right which I applaud you for because I feel like a lot of people wouldn't have the courage to do that and would, like, just let the job, like, ruin them, like, suck the life out of them, you know? I just feel like that's what a lot of people have to do, have to make that sacrifice for the money. And it's unfortunate yeah. that that's the situation. They call that the golden handcuffs. Yeah, which it's – that sucks. But how do you – how do you – not – okay, two-prong question. I love – you know, you love my two-prong questions – First, how do you be confident in a decision like that when you know for a fact that you're taking a giant risk by like, I mean, $100,000 a year is is like life-changing money. I mean, it's maybe not to someone who makes millions of dollars, but I'm saying if that's like a substantial portion of your salary, like that's, that makes a difference like in your in your family, you know what I mean? Like that makes a difference. So one, like how do you maintain, like how do you be confident in that? And then two, like, I just, I think confidence is BS. Like, I feel like it is. It's it's all fake. It's forced. You're not confident. People have doubts. Like, you have, well, no, of you, it's I not, so I just don't, too. don't you think it's fake, though? Like, why don't you just say, like, yeah, I'm scared to death. Why well, don't people said, say that? No one said no, because, I was it, confident. because in the media, in the media, in the media, everyone's like, oh my God, everything's fabulous. Everything's great. What, I what love life. Watching? People who are my age. No, whatever. Watch Love is Blind. They're a train wreck. No, it's... I'm serious, though. People, that's all they say is, like, have confidence in yourself. Have confidence in yourself. Be assertive. And the reality of it is, is, like, you're not. Like, no one... Literally no one my age is that confident. So, like, why don't we just, like, all... You know what I mean? Like, why are we forcing ourselves to, like, be confident in decisions when we don't know if they're going to work out? Because you just said none of us know anything. Nobody knows. I, I had no Nobody idea. Nobody knows anything. Nobody That's okay, knows but, like, no, why are we going to be confident true. about it? You know, but to answer your question, I was terrified. I had um, three children at the time. 
You still have three children. There's, there isn't a had. Well, I didn't have, I was questioning whether or not there was a Quinn involved, but there was. Um, and I had, at the time, a two-income family. And so that allowed me to have the conversation with my family about whether or not that could, whether or not I could take that leap. And that leap was to go back to school to get my PhD. And that leap was also to, um, I, I basically took a job in academia, which, you know, starting out, you make garbage anyway. But it was going to set me on the path to uh, be able to finish my degree. And that was the decision that we made at the time. And I don't regret it at all. I mean, circumstances certainly changed very quickly after that, um, which kind of led me. And again, there you go. I mean, there's another thing. You've got outside variables that come into play as well that you have to react and respond to. And, you know, um, we had some outside variables that that, that kind of came into play there. And I had to make other decisions. I went back into that industry for a very, very short period of time. I don't even know if you remember I that. I do. Yeah, I sold insulin pumps for a I while. I do, yeah. And um, then I got downsized out of that job. The first and only time I've ever actually, like, lost my job for real. Um, and at that point, I was willing to take any job. You know, that at that point, I was scrambling, and the job that you took, honestly, set yourself... For this job. So the, for the job that you currently have. Correct. So, I mean, it, it all works out. It yeah. all works out. But, but okay, but pause. Think, okay, but pause. No, 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 wait, wait, no, no, pause. I, I, I'm a realist, okay? Like, it doesn't always work out. Not everyone has, like... You know what I mean? Like, do you know what I'm getting at? Like, you can't just, like, have faith in, like, having, like, a blissfully, like, wonderful life and, like, it's all going to work out and, like, everything's great. Okay, well, stop. I'm going to stop you right there. Because you have been along for this journey. It wasn't always blissful. And it wasn't always easy. You make choices to make things head the direction that that they are. I mean, I think sometimes things don't work out. Because you um, just kind of allow your options to fall by the wayside. You know, I- this is true, but it's, it's like, I mean, like you said, like there are so many circumstances that, I mean, I, I just don't want it to seem like if you're in a bad place or with your career, your personal life, or your mental health, whatever it is, like, when you say, like, oh, like, you have the choice to do X, Y, Z, it it makes it very, it gets challenging. Like, it's not, there are choices that you make that can certainly, like, alleviate. Like, I feel like a, the best way to put it, and I was actually talking to my coworker about this today, is, like, like, when things aren't going the direction, like, I feel very stuck right now just stuck in routine, stuck in, like, I, I feel like I find myself waiting for the next exciting thing, like, the next holiday or the next time that I'm gonna go out or the next time that I'm, like, gonna do something. Because in freaking BFE West Virginia, the truth is that there's not much going on. 
And I'm also broke. So there's not much going on either because I can't afford to do anything. So I find myself just like wishing time away, like waiting for the next thing. And I hate it. Like I didn't, I never used to be like that ever. So I don't want to live like that. And I keep like thinking like, oh, like, well, it'll be better when I go back to school. And I'm just like, I'm just doing it again. Like all I'm doing is the next is waiting for the next thing. And it's just, it sucks. Like, and so in that way, like, I do feel like I need something to, like, get me out of the cycle of suck. Like, just, I feel like I'm in a centrifuge, just going round and round and round. Like, just, I'm just waiting, 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 waiting. And I need something to break it. But it's hard. Like, it's not, like, it's easy to say, like, oh, yeah, like, just break the routine. Like, get out of it. It's freaking hard. Like you can't, like, it's a challenge, especially when I literally have no marketable skills other than a really cool bachelor's degree that no one needs. 